Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, here again with White. Mike, how you doing? Doing well. Hey, thanks for having me on again. No doubt, no doubt. So we're going to do a few things different today. First of all, we're going to try, what we're going to try to do is do some longer episodes on the weekends. So this is going to be the first of the longer episodes. Normally we aim for a 10, 10 minute, under 15 minute daily episode, but we're going to take a little more time and talk a little bit longer. It'd be nice to be able to go in depth a little bit more. If you're willing to sit through it all, figure we have a little more time to talk and we don't have to truncate it and quit real quick or anything like that. So what was our topic today? Topic today? Did we, did we forget to choose a topic? Oh, no. We well, for a 30-minute session, well, let's see what we got lying around here. I, I have some art books. Oh, art. What kind of art? We love old d art, don't we? Oh, Dungeons & Dragons art, game art. That's great. Maybe we can talk about Dungeons & Dragons specifically art today. And then tomorrow, we can look at some other role-playing games and their art, because there's some great stuff out there. There is. There's a lot of classic artists. I mean, the uh, artists themselves, with all the images, I mean, that really helped crystallize the game in my head when I was a kid growing up. Oh, that's that's what I remember the most, being younger. That's that's what, when I started playing AD&D again, actually, I started playing second, oh, first and second eggs. I had first and second ed books together. Well, the one thing that really, you know, I, I was I was trying to buy up all those books. I played third edition. I wasn't into it. We played a few other games. And then we just that that player's handbook, the second edition player's handbook with those single pages of full color in there. Those took me back. They were like, it was like, rem, like, re, like just nostalgia. <laughs> Flash, flashback. Like, <laughs> oh, every single, every single picture in there. I was like, oh, I remembered it so well. Just from flipping through that book so much. It, it just does something to you. It ingrains in your memory. It really impacts what you're just perceiving when you're playing sometimes. It, it totally is. Cause I had the same, you know, flashback memory when I flipped through the old, uh, you know, back me basic expert companion sets. Oh, yeah. I had as a kid, you know, I flipped through those. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that image. I remember that. I mean, it was a lot of Larry Elmore artwork, but, uh, you know, it takes you way back to the first time you saw, you know, like somebody using the bolo weapon in the companion guide. Oh, yeah. First time I saw it or scale male armor or (laughs) bandit male armor, because, you know, before then in basic and expert or even old classic, it was like, oh, you got what? Chain mail, leather and plate mail, I think. And that was it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I never played basic and expert back in the day. I we were specifically advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, really? We, we weren't babies. We're you not going to play basic. <laughs> You're not going to play basic. <laughs> we're advanced. We're big kids. <laughs> Man, the uh, advanced books were hardbacks. So those are more expensive than the uh, box sets, I think. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't think that, like, the, the player's guide that I had, I didn't even I didn't even buy that. The first AD&D book I had was Unearthed Arcana. Oh, that was a great book. I remember I got that one for, for my uh, birthday one year. Yeah, that was that was given to me from somebody else who picked up a, a cleaner new copy and they gave me their old copy. And then the player's guide that I had was also another. I think I'd made a trade for it or something like that from a friend. So I didn't even buy my first couple AD&D Dungeons and Dragons books. So the artwork for the second edition player's guide, was that the one with the wizard, the white wizard on the front? I think it was the second edition, the second edition player's guide. Yeah, that is like so there's this so there's two second edition players guide covers and I didn't I don't have the second players guide cover. I have the first one that came out. Oh, you got the first one. OK. And it's I, this this feller on a horse on a horse. Of, OK, yeah, I don't have that one. I had the one before that. 
Yeah, this is the well, this is the second ad. The first edition. Oh, I had the first edition one. That's okay, the, the first one. edition, that's the wizard one. That's the wizard one. Okay, that's the one I had. I, I mixed it up. Now the original one was that Ifrit cover, remember? The yeah. So so what was that? I the dungeon master's guide in that had very unique. Yeah, because the Ifrit cover was the one where it was like the red Afridi demon yes. holding on to a um, you know, an adventurer. Yes. And then the uh, dungeon master one, that was the one with the temple, right? Yeah, they're cry- They're like climbing on the dude, I believe. Yeah, they're climbing on the uh, statue and trying to pry the uh, gem out of the eye. Yeah, and is- I'll be I'll be one hundred percent honest. I am a bigger fan of the second covers that came out. I think those were Jeff Easley covers because the Pro- Dungeon yes. Masters got. I don't have the Monsters Manual with that cover. I got the OG cover, and it's the Napoleon Dynamite looking cover for the Monsters Manual. <laughs> <laughs> and and it does like. I remember when that movie Napoleon Dynamite came out. I remember thinking that looks like some old D&D stuff there. And it, yeah. it, the, that covers very Napoleon Dynamite. Perhaps it's blasphemy to say something like that to some. Who did that? Illustrations by David C. Sutherland III. A cover illustration, yeah, is David C. Sutherland III. And I honestly am not that familiar with David C. Sutherland in the neck. Nope, I am not. But it looks like we mixed up the two covers from the first edition. The players one was one in the temple where they're prying out the uh, gem from the eyeball. And then the Dungeon Masters was the Red of Freet. Yeah, demon. you're right. You're right. Now, but, I you know, I didn't have either one of those. The one that I got was the, the wizard with the blue and red on. Yeah, that's the one that I got as well, too. It was the probably se- second second printing or whatever it is. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm not sure which printing at that point. I'm sure there's somebody out there that knows all the different printings. I've seen these discussions about which printing of which and what the difference is, but I don't know them. I'm much more familiar with the uh, Beckme ones, but they, they have released quite a few art books for Dungeons and Dragons art, as well as the individual artists. I know we'll probably talk through some of the uh, more classic artists here shortly. I'll be honest. One of my favorite things for D&D art are my old monsters compendium. I'm dropping books here. How did I plug <laughs> myself? Did I? Nope, nope. You're still good. Did you ever have the second edition's mo- monsters compendiums? No, I did not. Is that the one that, that came in a binder? Yeah, they're these uh, giant binders, and you would buy them loose leaf. Uh, and, and what they had were these these folder tabs that were just full color art. Yeah, and like some Kurt, of the Curtis Rod. <laughs> yeah, that was the, there's the there's like a, one of them was like like uh, some of them are covers from Dungeon Mags, Dragon Mags, or various various modules that were out, and that would separate them. And there were some really cool images in there. Uh, and, yes, Dragonlance. And this came out this era specifically of second edition, I feel like when that was happening. So there's somewhere between first and second ed where the art just kind of took this step up where it's like Larry Elmore and them were really involved. And I really like that era of art for Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I remember a lot of the uh, old Dragon magazine covers, you know, I'd be sitting at whatever at, you know, at the mall at the Walden Books or the B. Dalton Bookstore looking at the Dragon magazine. And the uh, artwork of the, you know, the cover of art for those really pulled me in so quickly. It's like, hey, I got to read this magazine because, <laughs> you know, the cover it was amazing. I mean, some of the stuff that uh, I think it was either Easily or Parkinson, you know, Jeff Easily or uh, Keith Parkinson did. I mean, it just pulls you right in. It, it's 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 incredible. Oh, they were great. There were some great covers. I've got I've got three of those magazine box boxes just filled with dungeon mags and dragon mags. And dragon mags, yeah. Day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there are a ton of them. Some of them, like older ones, had like Errol Otis on the cover. And Errol Otis did the uh, the Deities and Demigods cover. Yeah, that was a 
does a classic cover. He he did the BX the, the was the Molde. I, I, I get confused. So B, Basic Expert was like the red and blue box, right? Yeah, there was a red and blue box, which was the Moldavi one. And then later on, when they did Beck Me, that was like a Frank Metzner. And then there was the other covers. Was that what they call the Molde 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 or what is the what's the difference? So which is which? Do you know? Uh, I gotta look it up now because I played I played the box sets, which I think were the Metzner ones, which had the red blue green black gold yeah and then there was the other ones that had just the big dragon errol otis paintings on them. right so that was the first basic and expert set yes those two there are like those were errol otis and those were really good cool covers so the moldavi coat sets were the ones with the errol otis artwork okay and now Which, you can... yeah i get those mixed up because the first set that i borrowed from somebody was the moldavi one but when i ended up buying well, when my parents bought me one i should say that was the Frank Metzner covers. And I don't I, I don't know how I like I remember those covers. That was didn't the one have the red dragon on it? Or was that later? Uh yep, that was the one with the red dragon on it. And that's the one that um I actually have a poster of it signed by Larry Elmore. Oh, that's it, cool. In my game room <laughs> of that artwork of the uh fellow with the horned helmet attacking the red dragon. One of the things I appreciated about with the second edition art is that they did have occasional pages of full color. But most of the art throughout the books were black and white in the first the first set of books that came out. And I, the black and white art is just like it's really solid art. I love it. It's good yeah. stuff. You know, a lot of times with my comics, I prefer black and white because it's a lot cleaner. I mean, you can't screw up the lines. You can't screw up the shading <laughs> with color. You, you can hide some of the you know, errors in the artwork. And so I'm going to step take it. I'm going to take a step to the future. Third edition came out. I have the third edition players handbook here. The cover art is like if it, most people are familiar with it it's got like jewels on it and sort of a, a a metal book with a sword going through it yeah it doesn't give me the same kind of excitement that i had like when i was staring at that second edition and first edition covers of that wizard and that horse there is some good art through third edition but the tendency was every single page was full color they started getting into the, the watermark wow. backgrounds where it became a little more difficult for me to read now that I'm an old man. <laughs> Is the third edition the one with the glossy pages and stuff? Um, they're not as glossy as some of the other ones, but they are glossy. They get the glossier, they get start getting into the glossy pages. Now the art, it, like it became the norm to just have full color art on every single page. Um, I I don't I don't like the art as much as the third edition as the second edition. I can't speak of fourth because I don't own it and I haven't. There I've is never some... played fourth. <laughs> yeah, I've never played it either. I, I was just playing AD and D when fourth was out at that point. We had a when fourth edition came out, we had a pretty good little AD and D campaign going that was really fun. I, I do have to say that I feel that the fifth edition art is a step up from what the third edition had. Yeah, the fifth edition art, I think, is uh, even though it's more of a modern style, I still think they've done a very good job with it. You yeah, know, the characters look good. You know, the um, coloring is very good. It's probably more computer generated than uh, like oil painted art from the earlier editions. Yeah, there is a lot more. One of the things is that, that the computer art is much more popular now. Pathfinder had a had a very unique style. When they, they did second for the original one, and even now they have a very unique style. I kind of include Pathfinder with D and D. Because it kind of was where everybody that stood around playing third edition went to. Yeah, they had a unique style. It's a good, it's a good art style, a very modern one, but it's not anything that got me going as much. There were other things I liked about Pathfinder, 
they're pretty books. Yeah, I mean, the artwork's not bad. Like you said, I don't have anything against it, but I don't feel the modern artwork was as gritty as some of the um, earlier first edition. <laughs> well, even like the, like, I wouldn't even say the, that the, some of the color art, the paintings from the earlier first and second edition is so clean and crisp. That I wouldn't even yeah. call some of that gritty. But that's an era of art. I was really into fantasy art like then. They used to sell like, not like baseball cards, little cards of like yeah. Boris Vallejo. Boris get, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you'd be able to buy all these fantasy car, art cards. And I used to pick those things up all the time. Um, what's what's his name? Um, Michael Wellen. I had a oh, lot of Michael Michael Wellen. I have a couple of his art art prints and stuff because he did a lot of cover art for fantasy novels and science yeah. fiction novels back yeah. in the day. I got a big Michael Wellen poster over here on the side of the game room wall. And it's one of those skeleton dudes, like the skeleton wizard dudes or whatever you want to call them. I don't even know what this stuff is. And then, of yeah. course, I've got the, I've got probably the, the like the the godfather of all this. I got the I got a Frazetta on the on my wall, too. It's the, it's that classic, the classic death dealer poster. Oh, I death I dealer. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, you got to get the classic death dealer poster because that Frazetta stuff. That old Conan art, that that really was like, there was no fantasy art before that. No, like Frazetta, that, that I'd ever see, that I'm aware of, at least. No, Frazetta defined Conan. I mean, he defined the whole feel and look for that genre for swords and sorcery. Yeah, he really did. He nailed it. Like, there was fantasy art, but it was like, we just did a review last week of Rackham Vale, and Arthur Rackham is a cool, a cool fantasy artist, but it's night and day from what you see pop out with Frazetta when they start coming out with the all those intricate, realistic folds of fabric and the dragons, yeah. almost photorealism comes into it. Those that kind of painting is amazing. And Julie Bell and Bo- Boris Vallejo, I had way too many cards of theirs. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> I bought all their calendars back in the day, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, and uh, when I was a young man, there was some images there that I got a little too excited over, to be honest. Well, you, you know, it's a, <laughs> that was the attraction of some of the uh, Boris and Julie art, you know, they're no holds barred. <laughs> Lots of, of, of beefy, half-naked beefy muscle men, and then beefy, half-naked muscle, or all-naked muscle women, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Lots of flesh and Yes, fairies. for sure. <laughs> uh, let's see, did you ever uh, follow Brom at all? Oh, you know, yeah. Brom did a lot of stuff for the Dark Sun. He did. He stuff. I would say he defined the Dark Sun universe similar to how like Frazetta would define the Conan universe. Oh, so, yeah. And he also know. he also did a bunch of stuff for Palladium as well. Oh, did he? I didn't I didn't I mean I, I don't follow Palladium, so I didn't didn't realize he did Palladium stuff too. Yeah, I've got some old Palladium books with Brom covers that are pretty good. But the, the one that's iconic that I can say for now, I'm pretty sure that he did the Nightbane book. Uh, Night Spawn. No, it's Night Bay. Not I get conf- I, the only copy of the book I have is called Night Spawn, and there was some kind of conflict that's around the time that the Spawn movie came out when it came oh. out, and and there was like a cease and desist letter sent over the word Spawn, so it became Night Bane instead of Night Spawn after that. So, oh, geez. <laughs> but he did the cover to that. I don't know specifically. I think he, there's a few others that he did for Palladium as well. But yeah, and then he did a lot of the Dark Sun. I love the Dark Sun stuff. I thought the art on the cover of the Dark Sun books, astonishing. Yeah, the Dark Sun one, I mean, again, it really defined that universe with the look, the feel of everything he did. And all the stuff he did was in full color. So again, yeah, it really I, brought the image to your brain. I wish I brought the, I got the box on the shelf, but I'm not going to go get it. now. I wish I had brought the Dark Sun box over here to flip through. A Planescape, the second edition, the different realms that were really, 
they all kind of did their own thing with art. Like Planescapes himself had his own unique style of art that was very ethereal and, and, and unique. And I, I'm not sure if they had, if it was many artists doing that stuff. I'm not sure who the artist was that did all that. Do you have any clue who did the second uh, edition well, Planescape? I'm going to take a look because I have the D&D Art and Arcana book. Yeah. Which goes through the history of a lot of the art and stuff within it. So let me take a look in here and see what I can find on Planescape. Of course, I keep getting distracted by all the early edition artwork. <laughs> it's very, it's very almost pencil sketchy. I want to say watercolor looking. It's a beautiful art. It's wonderful. It's it's more along the lines of of uh, Arthur Rackham, like that Rackham Vale book. It kind of reminds me of that. I wonder if it was influenced by Arthur Rackham's art sometimes. Sure, it was referenced um, with Rackham just because a lot of these people do go back to the classics, right? Yeah. It, the name is Tony Dieter Terlizzi. Terlizzi. Oh, I feel horrible. I'm going to butcher that. I'm not even going to Yeah, try. Dana Nutson and Robin Ruppel. Tony D, we'll call him. We'll call him Tony D. <laughs> so Tony, yeah. yeah, I like the style that he did there with that stuff. It's amazing. Really cool. Now, speaking of Planescape, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Larry Elmore. Well, who's the, who's the one I'm looking for in uh, was my head? He, was it Easley? Yeah, Easley is the one that did the cover of the manual of the planes. I, I use that manual of the planes so much in game and that cover, that giant, monster i'm not even sure what I, that i know there's a name for that monster i can't remember what it is what it is he was called but there's this giant monster with like these pincher claws uh, oh that's right eye. yes <laughs> that's, some crab monster <laughs> yeah he's just muscle bound with veins coming out and just brilliant red just shooting throughout it it's just oh i love that i love that picture that that the Planescape, the Planescape, the Manual of the Planes book was a classic. And I did, I used that a lot in my AD&D games back in the day. Really did a lot. Yeah, second edition had a lot of a lot of different worlds and artwork mixed in. Yeah, the so there's just like a whole story behind that. Do you know about, the, about and I'm not sure how accurate I can tell this story, but you that had a lot to do with them selling to Wizards of the Coast. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. So... They were cranking out a lot of stuff and the art was gorgeous. Like they had really like, like solid art for everything. And they were cranking out so many boxes and so many things, but they weren't paying for anything when it was getting printed out. So it was getting printed. And I guess they had some kind of deal with like Barnes and Noble and the other booksellers where essentially once they got paid for it, get hit in the booksellers, then they passed and pay, pay their bills backwards. Well, they were running up a bill and, and right. publishing more than they could afford to publish and ended up bankrupting them from what I understand. I might have to bone up on that story and do some more reading. Um, but, but that's essentially what I understand happened. And that put them in a bad situation to where when wizards of the coast came in, they purchased TSR because they're in a bad situation. They paid their debts out put them in a better situation because Wizards of the Coast at that time in the nine is it this happened in the mid late mid 90s. to late 90s I think it was was the acquisition timings yeah yeah and then they put out more second edition books and they put out like a new printing of the player's manual and dungeon master's guide they put out a, a hardback of the monsters manual because I think most of the monsters manuals were those compendiums those loose leaf compendiums the loose at leaf. the time mm -hmm. so yeah. as I understand it um, that was so that was quite a few years before they got into um, 
they got into third edition. So yeah, because for me, the only thing that I probably paid attention to was probably Dragonlance from that era. Yeah, I was reading the um, Dragonlance novels. And, oh, it was you know, huge. Legends and stuff. So a lot of the artwork for me was really about Dragonlance from that era. That was beautiful art too. That was huge. The tra- uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. When yep. I was in high school, that was one of the biggest fantasy series out there. I remember tons of kids were reading that. And it's like nowadays people watch uh, what's the, the podcast that they do with that Matt? Uh, is it name's Matt something? I can't. <laughs> is it Messer? Metzer? You know yeah, what I'm talking a, about? Yeah, that's celebrity gaming. Critical role. Yeah, critical role. I, is, it, that's where a lot of people are getting into D&D, but I think at, in the 90s, especially the early 90s, the early 90s, late 80s, when that was happening, a lot of people were getting into D&D because of Dragonlance. That was a real big book series then. Yeah, it was, and it was its own setting and universe with a totally different, not totally different, but very different rule set versus the um, 2E at the time. Now, I picked up the trilogy, and I never read them. <laughs> <laughs> I you got to get on a Logar. Get on it, it man. I, I I have more books than I can ever read in my lifetime, and I will not stop buying them. I can't keep up with all the books out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a long list, but uh, you know, from all the artwork that was done for Dragonlance, and then also for like Ravenloft, I thought a lot of the Ravenloft artwork was very um. Oh, you know, I read setting driven as well too. Oh, yeah, those Ra- I like the Ravenloft stuff. In fact, I read a lot of the Ravenloft novels when those were coming out. And I, what I would do in high school, because I was a bad kid, I was always <laughs> skipping stuff. And I, was sit- I would always get sent to in-school detention. And when I was in in-school detention, I could finish the schoolwork real quick at the beginning, like the first hour. I'd have all the little papers and stuff done. Right. And I'd bring one of those little little paperback, TSR paperbacks to school. And I'd, I'd blow through one of, at least one of those books and sitting there in in-school detention. <laughs> I preferred it over class because I got to sit there and read Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> yeah, I can't beat that. <laughs> I was into it. But then we get it, we get it because we skip school, get stoned, and go to the library and read, <laughs> and read books. Fancy I mean, books. that's not a bad thing. What kind of nerds were we? <laughs> Spend the school day at the library. I remember reading some really bad books too, like Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a movie. Uh, that was definitely a book that I had picked up at some point in time. It was like Sherlock Holmes fighting Dracula. It was kind of cool when I was reading it at the time, but you know, I may have been slightly and under the influence of something else. <laughs> I was getting into it. Yeah. No, but you know, flipping through, I mean, even with many of the artists are still alive today, obviously a little well, bit older and such. Some of them, like Errol Otis, is doing a lot of work within the OSR. Oh, is he still? Yeah, he did the cover for the Swords and Wizardry book and quite a few other like big dungeons that are like more independent publications. People have been hiring him to do covers. I think he may have done some um, like Noxpell or one of those magazines. I can't remember, but he's been doing stuff for game covers. He's been getting people have been hiring him to do their covers. And I think people are are gravitating towards him because of that, like trying to get him to do their stuff because of that, you know, that fondness nostalgia nostalgia yeah Yeah. and that and that drives a lot of it just that rose-colored glasses we have when we look at that (laughs) the general 
Yeah, the generation now that's like in high school getting into Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition 20, 30 years from now are going to look at that stuff with the same type of nostalgia that we look at the old stuff at. That's true. That's where, true. And it's going to be in their eyes like, oh, 5th edition was the best. And <laughs> everybody else would be like, man, you aren't playing 20th edition yet? <laughs> I'd be curious to see. It is coming. It is coming. It is. So do you have a favorite era, favorite, favorite cover? favorite artist yeah you know for me it's really still going back to larry elmore because you know he did all the uh basic expert companion box set artworks and that's what i grew up with so for me it's really larry elmore as a favorite i mean i i do love all the you know keith parkinson clyde caldwell um and all those early jeff easley and, and those folks as well but uh really it's the old larry elmore interior artwork for those basic expert companion sets oh yeah it was some good stuff I, I think that I my favorite book art-wise has got to be in the Dungeons and Dragons line. Right, within, within the indie line. Not within other role-playing games. But I, I said, number one, those, those monstrous compendiums, those are the, some of my favorites for art because, because they had those inserts and each page was a full page. Full color. Yeah, they, there was no writing over. You see the whole thing. But I really... The 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 second edition player's handbook and dungeon master's guide. I love the full color spreads in there. And there are some of those images that are so, like I said before, they're so iconic to me. I see them with rose-colored glasses. It's almost hard to pull them up. There's this one. If you have a second edition player's handbook, it's on page 83. There's I, this one little wizard, and he's got this this little I don't know how to describe it besides a tiny little naked lady with a lizard tail. <laughs> <laughs> that he's enchanted with and that's just like when i every time i see that it just throws me back to to high school sitting there playing on my buddy's on my buddy's bedroom floor there's just so many of these full page spreads here they just take me right back and it's just they're amazing there's one in here that i that i recall there's of course there's one great one of this this wizard with his scarlet red robe and he's got he's got this gorgeous castle behind him and he seems to be turning either he's turning a dragon into a unicorn or he's oh, turning yes. a unicorn into a dragon but some of these just like I, i've seen them so many times flipping through that player's handbook that it's just every time i see it it's just a familiar friend a familiar face yeah so my favorite art it's really with the nostalgia i mean so like they put out like an ad coloring book many 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 years ago and I remember that I actually had that in the artwork in there was a mate. Well, it was all black and white because it was a coloring book. But, oh, yeah. You know, it was, it was so awesome. Did you color them in? I did not very well. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't still have it, do you? Probably not. I, I would need to go over to my parents' house to take a look. But no, I don't think I have it. I, I found a digital copy of it as an ad out. And I was flipping <laughs> through it, just going through all the memories. Oh, that's but, great. You know, it's a black and white artwork with the old AD&D coloring book. <laughs> you get a digital one, you can print it out and we can start coloring them. I'm doing all pretty. So, so I totally do that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of a lot of the newer stuff coming out art-wise. And I think that we're going to talk about some of that in the next the next episode. Um, there was uh, so we had uh, there was something we said that I was gonna that I was gonna tail off of. I can't remember what it is. Oh no, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> Uh, oh, the coloring books. Yeah, the coloring I, I've books. seen those around. I've never, I never, I never owned one of those coloring books, but I definitely remember seeing them around. Uh, Swords and Wizardry was it? Who was that? I think it was Frog God or someone also put one out in more recent years. 
that they've been selling. And I'm trying to remember, it was to one of the adventure paths, like the slumbering czar or something like that, but I can't remember what it was. No, that I think some of the modern folks have put out something. I think uh, Call Cthulhu might have put out like a Call Cthulhu coloring book of, you know, demons and monsters. <laughs> well, I haven't even seen that one. Yeah. Or I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing one of those. That would be cool. That could be fun. I get those for my, my daughter. Um, I think we're coming close to the end. Um, do you have anything else to add to our discussions? Um, no, I would say that for any of our listeners, you know, definitely go check out any of the others that are still around, like, you know, Larry Elmore, um, Clyde Caldwell, um, Jeff Easley and buy their art. You know, I went and I've picked up quite a few poster reprints, you know, of this classic artwork. So, you know, please support, support your artist. So I, I'm going to throw something out there that I heard recently. I, I can't say who was doing this. Maybe one of our listeners can correct me. There has apparently been a trend where some of the older D&D artists, since they don't actually own the rights to the art, have redrawn and repainted the paintings, the classic paintings in a very similar way and are selling prints of those because they're able to make a new print, a new painting because it's their art and sell that. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure who all had done that. They said I. I. I'd have to look it up, Google it, or something. I'm sure there's an answer out there. But I was. Uh, I was. I heard it. Just, I was reading an uh, an internet discussion on this, so it's it's absolutely verifiably it's true. Absolutely true. <laughs> the internet said so. The internet said so. Must be true. Must exist. But I mean, that doesn't surprise me because for a lot of the um characters they are properties still of you know tsr which is at the coast so like some of the Dragonlance characters oh yeah those aren't they're not owned by the artists they're you know property of which yeah. is of the coast so and, and i worked for about 12 years as an illustrator doing illustration and design and i own probably none <laughs> of the art that i did at that point i own none of it so i don't you know there's no way like i it's just not mine i made it for somebody else it's gone it's gone. And yeah, it's it's no longer in my possession. And even like paintings that I've done, I don't own those because they sold to someone else and they own them. But most of my stuff I did for some company or corporation somewhere. It's never going to make me a dime if it's being used now. I'm never going to see any money for it. So if you enjoy looking at that and you appreciate it, those artists could use the money. So buy their prints. That's, a, that's definitely a positive thing. If you like some of those, Jeff Easley, Larry Elmore, all yep. of them out there, there's quite a few others. And yep. check out their stuff and, and pick up their art if they're selling yep. prints and pour them. I know Zelesnik, well, we'll talk about that in the next episode because we'll get into some uh, non-D&D art. That's about all we have for today. We've hit our, we've hit our time limit. If you've enjoyed this, please share the episode somewhere on social media, help us get some, some more uh, people listening and checking it out. Visit our, our blog. It's wobbliesandwizards.com. The blog was around, we were blogging before we picked up a microphone. I just feel that I've been blogging. I was started blogging quite a long time ago and, and not on game stuff, but other things. And I feel that blogging itself has kind of migrated to the spoken word and the podcast at this point. Blogging is kind of an antiquated thing, a very niche thing. So we're trying this out. <laughs> So go ahead and check out our blog and we can like and follow. Apparently, if people like it, they don't necessarily get notifications from a thing. So hit like and hit follow on our Facebook page, Wobblies and Wizards. I'm assuming you just search Wobblies and Wizards and keep those dice rolling. Yes, may, every, may you always roll 20s.